0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 18th day of December. I'm Paul White. Thanks for joining me. It's a Saturday. Uh, yesterday was was a little bit different in that we did a long form Friday that met up with our podcast journey. We're in Genesis 16, wa- walking through this story of Hagar and Sarah Abram. And so I took a little pause yesterday. Took about a 27-minute clip from about an hour-long sermon, so it wasn't the entire sermon, uh, but it was titled "He Sees You." We we preached it back in late summer in Chapin, South Carolina, but we dealt with Genesis 16. I thought we could just drop you into that sermon about midway and let you hear that that text, and hopefully that blessed you. That was that's available in long form Friday, at yesterday's podcast. If you want that entire sermon, once again, it's called "He Sees You." And you can just search my name and that title, and you'll be able to find it either via video or audio. And that, that really brings us up to the last few verses. Before I do that, um, let me tell you about tomorrow's sermon. This is a message that I preached from our recent trip to Westminster, South Carolina. Uh, we were at the Tabernacle of Hope Church And we did a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. I aired for you the Friday night message last week in in which we talked about what does God look like. Um, Here's a side note. Following that weekend, I opened a new series in our Tuesday Bible study on the Sermon on the Mount. They're they're not titled Sermon on the Mount, number one, number two, number three, because I'm kind of jumping all over the place and I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm not necessarily wanting to move sequentially. We're just going to deal with this sermon and all of its elements. But I titled the first sermon from that lesson, What Does God Act Like? And the reason I titled it, What Does God Act Like? is because the Sermon on the Mount is really God's actions as a man on the earth, and we're to duplicate that. We are to emulate that. I did that also because I knew that my audience would hear what does God look like Last Sunday, after having heard, what does God act like? If you put both of those together, he looks like Jesus and he acts like the the Sermon on the Mount. Really, you could say he looks like Jesus and he acts like Jesus, but specifically, he looks like Jesus, he moves like Jesus, he talks like Jesus, and then he acts like what we see in the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, second sermon from the series airs tomorrow and it's called God in the Gospels, and I title it that because originally my thought process was to close the first sermon that we did that weekend, which was what does God look like? I was going to close it by showing how God acts in the Gospels through Jesus, but I'm long-winded, and that first sermon was nearly an hour, and I didn't want to you know wear people out. I wanted them to come back, so we just stopped at the end of what does God look like and set it up for Saturday night's message, God in the Gospels. And so I open the sermon in Hebrews 1 because I show that God used to speak through the prophets at various times, but has now spoken through his son, and his son is the express image of his person. And so if you want to know what God looks like, you look at Jesus. If you want to know what God acts like, watch how Jesus acts. And this sermon walks through four different stories in the life of Christ. One from Matthew, one from Mark, one from Luke, one from John. I will tell you, if you listen to everything we put out, you have heard me preach these four moments elsewhere. The moment, a moment from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, the four friends who dropped their paralytic friend into the, into the house in front of Jesus in Mark 2, the James and John and the disciples and Jesus going into a village in Samaria and requesting to call down fire on them from Luke 9. And then in John 8, Jesus dealing with a woman caught in the act of adultery. Those four instances show Jesus responding differently than the Old Testament, than the, than the way we expect him to respond under the Old Testament paradigm. And with that being the case, we're getting a glimpse of what God looks like in the Gospels And we're getting it through the lens of Jesus. So I gave you all that to set you up to say this. I'm excitable in the sermon. I'm in a revival. I'm in a place where people haven't heard me preach before. So I'm sort of full of fire and we're all over the place. And I tell a lot of stuff you've probably heard me say in other settings before and in other sermons before. But if you get anything out of that kind of thing, then I think this is going to be a sermon you'll enjoy. It's nearly an hour long, God in the Gospels and a message that will give you multiple snapshots through the life of Jesus of what God looks like. And I think that's always a fun journey to take. Okay, that is the sermon. You can find it anywhere you find this podcast. And if you like video versions, you can get it at our website, paulwhiteministries.com, or you can go straight to YouTube, search for PWM, subscribe, and then you'll get all of our uh, videos and audio and, or video, whatever we post. All right. Uh, Let's close the 16th chapter today. There was a little spot there at the end of that chapter that I didn't talk about in the sermon I put for you on Long Form Friday. And it really, uh, I'm not trying to hit every single verse in Genesis, but there is something worth saying in this. After Hagar has her encounter with God, the Lord who spoke to her, she calls him, you are the God who sees. That's El-Roi. And I have seen him, I have seen him who sees me. This is interesting because she claims to see God, uh, which is something that, you, that we can argue can't be done. And I even do that on that last week's sermon that we posted for you, What Does God Look Like? Um, of course you can see God, but you're going to see him through a different image, through a different lens. You and I see him through Jesus. And then she digs a well. Genesis sixteen fourteen. The well was called... Bir lehi Roy. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Borid. And this is the well of the one who lives and sees me. And then Hagar bore Abram a son. Abram named the son Ishmael. Abram was 86 when this happened. Bring this up because when you dig a well, it's a lot like an altar. At an altar, You are building something upon which you establish a revelation. I had a revelation. I established my future. Based upon that revelation, let's build an altar. A well is a place where you've had a revelation and you use it to sustain you like water. And so you you go back to it. You dip back into it. Uh, And the well that she digs is named the well of the one who lives and sees me so that Everyone who drinks from that well could have, I know figuratively, this is the prayer, no doubt of Hagar, that they would figuratively figuratively, have a revelation that God lives and sees them. Go back to that well, go back to that place where you draw your strength, where you dip down and drink the waters of, he sees me, he knows me. And as you've caught in that clip from yesterday's podcast, and if you didn't listen to it because you're not into 27-minute clips, I'll say this. The great revelation that happens in Genesis 16 is that Hagar is seen. Servants aren't used to being seen. They're not used to being paid attention to. But she, has seen, she not only sees God, she is seen by God. And I want you to know that no matter your past, no matter your present, no matter what you think of yourself, he sees you. And if you can have a revelation of that, that can be like cool water to your soul. Okay, tomorrow we get into Genesis 17, the sign of the covenant. Good stuff. See you then. God bless.